We had a great conversation this week with Johnny Hanna from Homie. Right, Jake? Yeah, it was fun. He's just dynamic and just a great individual, um, super powerful you know, CEO and has done a lot of cool things building not one but two really solid companies. The latest one most of you will recognize is on the freeway I-15 with their great billboard campaigns, the homie campaigns. We all know and love those, but he talked a lot about this week about mental health and how entrepreneurs have a lot of ups and downs and how to really address those, acknowledge those, and get through those and do it in a way that's healthy and makes you a better entrepreneur. So we're excited for this week's episode. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. We're super excited here today at the Midnight Founders Podcast to be with Johnny Hanna of Homie. Super excited to have you here, Johnny. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, as, as you probably know, no one's heard of Homie at all, especially when they're driving down the freeway. So we don't even know how this is going to go. <laughs> you know, you know, billboard marketing's uh, done well for us. So. Yes, it has. Cool. Well, Johnny, tell us, um, Jake and I here, tell us kind of your, your journey. Where did it start and how did it get momentum and, and where are you at now? Um, I, it started, I would say, uh, from my previous company was Entrada Real Estate Software for Apartments. And so this, this just kind of was the next thing, helping people to move into a home and, and buy it, buy and own a home. So we started in 2015, and uh, I had a couple co-founders, Mike Peregrina, uh, Mike Trianfo, who came with me from Entrada. And uh, the three of us, any real estate transactions we had done, um, we had worked with great friends, we had great experiences, but uh, we just felt it was a little too expensive once we got to the closing table and felt like there could be an opportunity to make something uh, better for consumers, less expensive, especially... Uh, seeing how expensive it was, we, we figured we could save consumers ten grand a pop. Utah market, right? Yeah, and I don't know of any company that can say, "Yeah, we save you ten thousand dollars." You know, with, with people complaining about gas prices, that's three years worth of gas. You know, that, that, that we could save you in one one sitting. So, or a year at the current prices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the current prices. Yeah, keeps so, going up. Yeah, yeah, but it's so it, it was it was exciting. It was it was a challenge, and it's it's been a challenge. You know, it's it's uh, the largest trade organization in the nation. Um, we've had tons of kickback, and we still do. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. What, yeah, when you say kickback, what does that mean? Um, we we just have done things differently. Originally, we started out not as a real estate brokerage. We were a team of uh, technologists and attorneys. So there's two exception two exemptions from being a real estate agent. Like you can market properties online. That's what KSL does. That's what Zillow yeah. does. Um, you, and they don't have to be brokerages. And then if you're an attorney, you can help people close on on transactions and negotiate and do the real estate purchase contract. So those two exemptions, we started the company. Um, but all, all of the realtors felt that that wasn't, we weren't playing on, on an even playing field. So we got turned into the division of real estate just nonstop. So I know like everybody by name at, at that office, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Watch and, out, here comes Johnny Hanna, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I, you know, I'm not mad at them. Like they got complaints like they never have had before. And so I made their jobs a lot worse. Because you're disrupting the industry. We just were doing things different. It's yeah. never been done, really. Yeah, and, and and we were marketing. I think we had a bigger marketing budget than others that have kind of gone down this path before. So yeah, we, we just, uh, we, we caused some commotion. And, and that, that, you know, we were turned into the division of real estate enough to where the division said, look, you guys are practicing real estate without a license 
and we shared the exemptions. We said, look, we're following these two laws. And, every, you know, and, and there wasn't anything against that. Um, but eventually we agreed to move forward to become a broker. And then once we were under the purview of the division of real estate, then they backfined us for everything we had done before and threatened me with six months jail time. So just, are you kidding? Just yeah. recently? No, no, no. This was like beginning. So this mm. is, this is kind of how it started. And honestly, things haven't changed too much. Like there's just, you tamper with commissions in real estate and you're going to upset a lot of people. It's very regulated, right? Yes. Yeah, so regulated. So it, it's just, it's been a challenge. But when we started this company, I told my wife, I said, look, you know, I have a bunch of different options. When I left Entrada, um, I, I had a few other offers and I'm like, Homie's probably the least likely to succeed with all the the headwinds against it, but I want to try. I want to I want to have my shot at disrupting an industry, and it's been, you know, there, there, it's been a roller coaster of of emotions, no question. But it's every time we we close and we have a happy client that you know save thirty forty k, and they tell us what they're doing with that, and we've heard some just miraculous stories that. They keep us going and we have great realtors that believe in our cause that work for us that take care of our clients and yeah we've we've just continued to to chip away at it to you know try to change the industry tell us one of those miraculous stories i want to hear one of those yeah i mean i i was asked to speak at a byu class at an mba class and after after i just kind of gave our, you know our background and our story of homie a guy came down uh tanner nordstrom He's become a good friend of mine, but he came down and he's like, Johnny, I used you guys to buy, to sell. And I got a loan because we're, we're a mortgage company. We're a real estate company, title company, insurance company. We're, we're a one-stop shop. So he uses for, for three of, of those items. And he said, we saved over $20,000. And he said, wow. and we use that money to pay for in vitro because they'd been having a tough time oh, having wow. babies. And he's like, my wife's pregnant, That's you know? Cool. And so you know, a few months later, little baby Calvin's born and he's like, you know, the, the homie story, you know, I, I, <laughs> he's I on your that, ads now. Yeah. Wait, the did billboard. I see a billboard for that? Yeah. <laughs> I showed that baby. at a company meeting, you know, we all cried, you know, but we, we've had cool. several stories like that that are just like life changing, yeah. you know, and he, and he said that he's like, we couldn't have afforded in vitro without you. You know, that there was another client that, uh, their son had a really bad, um, accident and, and they had huge medical bills. And so the savings they use from us help cover those medical bills. And we hear these stories and it's like, yeah, it, it it's not just, you know, a few dollars off, you know, it's, it's tens of thousands of dollars that can. It's enough to actually move the needle. You can move the needle. Yeah. yeah. And, and not that money buys happiness, but yeah, getting out of debt, you know, paying medical bills, being able to pay for in vitro to have a kid. Cool. Those are those are fun things that have motivated our team for sure. So that's kind of what keeps you going amongst all this challenge and yeah issue. And and, and I mean some of the realtors that have joined us too. Like this this one realtor joined us. She told me she said, "Look, you know you are saving consumers money, but I no longer feel pressure to push my friends or family to hurry and close on a home hmm. because I do more transactions than the typical realtor that does you know." three or four a year. So because she has enough volume coming through us, if, if one of her friends or family says, you know what, you know, I don't want to buy right now. You know, she doesn't have to just say, you know, like, ah, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills because I missed that one transaction. 
were put on the pressure, like you're going to lose it. This yeah. Is it. yeah. So she's like, you guys have, have disrupted the, the natural pressure that exists because there's so many realtors competing with each other. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I really, I really want to go back to this moment when you're talking to your wife, you've left Entrada and you're like, I really want to do this and disrupt an industry. So what was it? And it's the less likely to succeed of all the yeah, ideas we have. Yeah, what was it that <laughs> was intriguing. like calling you to this? I don't know if I can explain it, but yeah, I mean, I, I met with so many different entrepreneurs. The second I left Entrada, I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do next, but I was exploring like, do I want to work for a big company, a, another startup? Um, and there were some cool and just companies. just for our audience, that was an exit situation where you kind of exited out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had been there for 12 years. Yeah. Um, and just felt like it was time to do something new. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I met with the founders of Podium and it was just Dennis and Eric, you know, in, in a little tiny office above the bike shop in Provo. Stay over here on yeah. Freedom, you know? Yeah. And, and, and they, I think they were just looking to hire a new customer support rep and they asked me like, Hey, how do we go about this? You know, and they were just getting going and now Podium's massive. Huge. I met with the guys at Outlet right as soon as they were graduating BYU, they had just, you know, formed their business and you know, so I, I saw these opportunities. I'm like, man, these are great companies. These are great founders. And so, you know, I, I, I just met with a ton of people. I met with VCs and I said, Hey, out of all the people you've invested in your portfolios, like who would you join? Who would you go meet with and say, Hey, put me on your executive team. You know, I, I did this at my previous company, you know, and, and they, they would say, yeah, I would join this company or this one. And then I'd go meet with those guys. And so, I, I just did my diligence and, and then over time it about three months passed and I just felt this, uh, pressure, like kind of this, this, you know, opportunity was here and, and my co-founder, Mike Peregrina, and he, he was on me. He's like, Johnny, this is you, like, you've got to come help me do this. And, and I just felt like that was it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I did, I laid out all the options we had, you know, good, good salary and equity on a couple of the, the offers that were given to me. And, mm. but yeah, homie, we didn't have any investors, no income, <laughs> nothing. I'm hearing zero. We had zero. We had zero. <laughs> we had a pitch deck. I just love, you know what we've, we've done this. I don't know how many times at this point, but yeah. I just love that entrepreneurial spirit of like, there's a problem I want to solve and it doesn't matter that there's 5,000 hurdles in the way or that I don't know all the answers right now, but I'm just jumping in. I love that. Yeah, it was exciting. I, and he was excited. I was excited. You know, once, once we were committed, we were, we were ready to go. And, and we again, brought on my other co-founder, Mike, per- Mike Trionfo from Entrada. He was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just started having other people join us that were passionate. Yeah. And, and that we're excited about like, Hey, let's take on this industry. Let's go. Yeah. And I love that you have that continued fire yeah. with all of these stories and the, the so way cool. you're able to help people. I love that. And that you're changing an entire industry. That's not many people can say that. That's cool. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it, we've, we've yet to change it. I think we've affected a lot of realtors and I think a lot of people have lowered their fees and, mm-hmm. and, or increased their service for consumers. So I think we've affected a, a, a broader aspect of the industry just by our existence, but yeah, there's still a long way to go. So more to come. Where are you going next? I mean, you're in Arizona besides Utah, right? And where else are you going or expanding yeah. to? Yeah, we opened up several states. We're, we were in Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, and Colorado. Um, but yeah, this market is is presenting a pretty significant challenge. So we're not focused on growth and expansion. 
and all venture capitalists that we've talked to, everybody's saying, you know, focus on profitability. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've been a VC backed company and every one of our investors are like, take our money and expand and take this idea into, you know, more States, more cities, get in front of more consumers. Um, but with what we're seeing right now, uh, with the slowdown in the housing market, we're just really focusing on, on profitability, cutting as many expenses as, as possible yeah. and trying to get through this. So it's interesting. Cause you know, I've, I, I don't know the story very well. And so this is kind of, you know, the first time I've heard it. Um, and so I saw those changes happening uh, with the company on the billboards <laughs> on I-15, how you had started adding realtors. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that it was like a regulatory thing that you had to, to jump through. But I also saw homie cash. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about that? Like, Tell yeah. us how that idea generated. And then where, homie insurance. And I mean, you're doing yeah, it all yeah. now, right? And, and, and we didn't have to add realtors to our billboards. But what we found was almost everybody wants somebody to guide them through right. the, the transaction. And our original idea was just letting, letting it be a peer-to-peer transaction. Um, but most people buy a home every five, six years. So our target market was really small. So the fact that we became a real estate brokerage we thought it was best to advertise that we had realtors mm-hmm. to hold your hand and walk you through. There's more people that, that now can use homie because uh, of, of that uh, offering that we have from these professionals. But yeah, homie cash, uh, we, we ended up becoming a mortgage company. Um, and then we, th- there's kind of a graduation. There's a scale. You can become a, a mortgage company, a, a delegated correspondent broker, you know, lender. There's these different, uh, you know, levels. And so we're officially now a lender, not a bank, but we're a lender. And as a lender, we have uh, partnerships with these banks. And this last year where, where there were 15 offers per home, um, it was the cash offers that were winning. And a mm-hmm. lot of these cash offers were coming from investors um, or out of towners, you know, so a, a lot of Utahns were losing deals. And we thought, how do we help our buyers become cash buyers. So we worked with our, our partner bank as a lender to get them to give us the money to buy the home in behalf of our client. Mm. So we could say, which home do you want? You want that one? How much do you want to offer? We would qualify them and then we would buy the home and they could go and say, look, I'm a cash buyer and they would win the bid. And then they would buy back from you. Essentially. And then they'd get a loan oh, okay, back through cool. us. I thought it was genius. So it, it cool. yeah, it was great. It, it's, it's been great. Even in this market, Right now, homes are sitting on the market for, you know, 30 plus days where, you know, a little bit ago, again, they'd be on that market days. for like an hour, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was crazy. But um, yeah, because they're sitting on the market, you don't want to take an offer from somebody that you don't know if they're going to fall through. Like with there's, there's been layoffs, you know, like are, are people going to be able to close on this in 30 days? So cash is still king. And people are willing to take a lower price for their home with cash. So we still have people coming and getting homey cash approved and, and making those cash offers and getting better deals on the homes that are available today. Yeah, I mean, we sold a we sold a rental property we owned uh, and we had to like keep, we like set parameters on how long it was going to be open that we would accept offers because we had a full price offer within... 30 minutes of listing the property. And I was like, Amazing. what the heck? Yeah. So it was a crazy market there for a little while. So I thought when I saw your signs and saw that's what you were doing, um, I looked into it a little bit and I was I was like, that's genius. 
yeah, it's it's helped our comp- our, our clients and in, in Utahns to be able to compete with all the corporations for that sure. are buying with cash. Yeah. Johnny, who who is the um, the creative genius behind all your billboard campaigns? Um, I've heard some stories before, but I want to hear from you. Our chief marketing officer is Joe Grover, and he's one of the most talented, like, uh, you know, business to consumer marketers I've ever met. Cool. And he has a whole team, and they get together every you know, f- you know, few weeks to just brainstorm new ideas, new campaigns, and they have a blast doing it. And <laughs> so I would love to be one of those. Yeah. Well, like. that's I'm like, dude, can you invite me? And so you know, he, he would throw me in there every now and again, and and let me come up with some ideas. But yeah, I mean, my my wife. Has come up the with first a few. Day, wasn't it you and your wife kind of coming up with a lot of them? Some of them. Some no, of them. Then, yeah, okay. but I mean, we've, you know, uh, we'd be at a, a movie and and hear some old '80s, you know, lyrics or Backstreet Boys or something, and take something and have fun with it on a billboard. <laughs> so, and and we've had just random people reach out to us too and say, "Oh, you should do this," and we've taken other people's ideas. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, it's 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 uh, that has been a lot of fun. That's been cool. a great part of the business. When you're driving down the freeway and you're seeing these billboards and you know all the cool things that are happening with homie and you're in the car with your kids what do they say is that like oh there's another billboard dad or there's another how does that conversation go yeah yeah they they do recognize wherever we have the billboards and and they point them out um i don't know i not a lot goes through my mind on that i mean i i think where i get excitement is when i see a homie yard sign and and we'll be i'll be driving them to school and and i look up and down the streets as i'm driving frequently and I'm like, oh, there's a yard sign. There's a homie yard sign. You know, we have the teal color, so they stand out. So that that's that's more of the satisfaction of of what I see out there is it out in the wild. And those are little little mini billboards for us in the neighborhoods. For sure. So those have been great. Yeah, that's so fun. I, and like you said in the beginning, obviously the people that come to you and say, hey, this is what I did with the money that we saved, those things, like that's that's got to be just so validating and so, I don't know, uh, Gratifying. Yeah, gratifying. Yeah. Is there That's a place incredible. you can go see some of those stories or read some of those stories? That'd be cool to check yeah, those out. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a bunch of testimonials on okay. our website where, where it lists them out, and then we've done a few little marketing campaigns highlighting them. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorites, uh, I, he's a, a close friend of mine. He's become a close friend of mine, Mark Smith. Um, he sold his home in Daybreak recently, and he took that money, and, and he, was, he went on sabbatical and decided to go and, and live in Italy. Um, but the money that he used... Uh, from the savings of his home is a, a million dollar home in, in daybreak. So he saved quite a bit of money with us. Um, he ended up using that money to buy um, an Airbnb in Romania to house Ukrainian refugees. Wow. And he just got back here a few weeks ago and he told me the stories there. And again, like that's so powerful. He came into our office and he was bragging to everybody like you guys are amazing. And, and your agent that helped me like, He's like, he priced the home higher than any of the other realtors in, in my neighborhood that were telling me to list for this price. He's like, you got me the the max value and I saved the most money. And this is what I did with the money. And his stories of having that Airbnb, he's a part owner in this Airbnb in Romania, right? Like That's so totally funny. random, but yeah. um, but the families that, that he was supporting there, it was, it was life-changing for him. And hearing those stories, like, man, you know, it just, it, 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 makes you want to, you know, count your blessings for what we have here in America. Yeah, for sure. So you've been kind of in the entrepreneurial space, uh, for a while. Um, you obviously have learned tons of lessons, uh, through the school of hard knocks. Um, what, 
what's one little piece of advice that you would say for somebody that's just getting started or somebody that's thinking about um, starting a business? You know, I have a few brothers that are wanting to start businesses right now. And, you know, I've just... They don't it, work with you, with Homie? What's that? They don't work with you, with Homie? Um, oh yeah, one of them did for a little while, and he went off to work mm-hmm. for another company, got recruited, and, and yeah, is doing really well. Um, but, yeah, like, in, in talking with them, like, I think the common thing is just fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of, like, can I do it, all the insecurities that are there, and... You know, and, and I started in Trotta and, and we grew that to $100 million in recurring revenue. Like at that time, it was a billion-dollar company. But leaving, I had insecurities. Leaving, I was like, can I do this again? Was it, that you know, what part did I play? Was it all my co-founders that did this? Like what skills do I have? What, what school of hard-knock lessons do I really have? Um, and so I, I think it's really just about getting over your insecurities and going out there and doing it. Like I don't believe I'm any different than my brother's. I don't believe I'm any different than, than you guys or anybody else that wants to start a business. Like I just took a step in the dark and then learned and then took another step. Like you just, you just take one step at a time and, and eventually you have a business and it's, it's kind of crazy. And, and you look back and you're like, well, that didn't happen overnight, but um, a lot of people will see it and be like, oh, wow, that happened so quick or, or you're such a success. And it's like, I, I don't feel that way, you know, cause it just yeah. stepped, you know, it was one, one little step after another. So it's just overcoming fear, your anxieties, your insecurities, and knowing that you can do it. Like, I, I think we all have different talents. And as long as you can hire people that can, uh, you know, as you grow the company and, and, and build something to hire people that can uh, take over where you're weak, um, I think that that's huge. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, all of us have different skill sets and it's hard to be perfectly well-rounded, but that's been a skill set of mine is being really transparent and, and open on where I am not talented and hiring somebody to plug that hole. Um, you know, like I love marketing. I love it, but I'm, I'm not great at it. And, and, uh, our head of marketing is just, he's, he is perfect. He's a genius in that area. And I'm so grateful. Like he joined us and he's been teaching me a bunch. So I, I've been learning from him, but you know, I, I have passion for marketing, but not necessarily skills. <laughs> so, so yeah, just, just overcoming, I think, a lot of that. It's good advice. What do you feel like, Johnny, are your strengths that you um, really relish in and come easy to you when you're building a company? Um, I, I, think, I, I, I think I'm less afraid of failure than most people. Um, high tolerance for risk then? Yeah, I don't know if it's a high tolerance. Like I still am afraid of failure. I still uh, am afraid of risk, you know? So I, I, I still try to be calculated and, and methodical. But, but I think that um, I'm willing to fail and, I, and I'm not afraid of what other people have to say um, as much maybe as, as the next guy because I still am to a degree. I'm still a people pleaser. But yeah, I, I, I'd say that's one. And I really, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm a good recruiter. Um, I've been able to bring on great partners and I've been able to recruit investors to invest in our company. Mm-hmm. And sales, I love sales. I've always loved sales. I've never viewed sales negatively. I, I, know, I know a lot of people have a negative connotation around sales. I don't. I think if, if you find something you love and you're passionate about, you're going to want to tell everybody about it. Like I want to tell everybody like 
don't sell your home and pay 6%. Like you're going to lose tens of thousands. You don't need to. I don't feel like that was a, a, a cheesy sales pitch or that's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being dishonest at all. Like I know what you will get. I, I, I you know, I, I believe in it. So sales is a, a big passion. I, I mean, how often does that come up, AJ? Like, half the people that we have on the podcast got their start in sales. Yeah. And so it's, it mints entrepreneurs like crazy. Yeah. So much. That's interesting. That's good. Yeah. So many people that we talk to either got their start in sales or did sales at some point in the process. Yeah. In fact, at Reverend, I want to say most of the founders that do well are the ones that have some semblance of sales training or talent. Right. It's really important to be able to sell your company. I wonder, like, again, I I never had sales training until I just showed up with a couple co-founders at Entrada and started, never really had that sales experience. Um, I served a mission, which I guess you're kind of selling religion door to door, right? But making a cold call to somebody with our software at Entrada, like I had a ton of fear Um, and you just got to push through it. So I wonder if that's not part of that skill set. Yeah, like for sure. You you just learn and you learn to get rejected over and over it. But yeah. you go for that one yes. Yeah. Got to make 100 calls and you'll get the one yes. Yeah, AJ and I both knocked doors so we know. Oh, sure really? Did. Okay. We're yeah. with you. Yeah, we know that process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I, so I knocked doors for VCs, uh, you know, and to try to get venture capital and yeah. had to had to knock 100 100 doors there. Which is so. also a very hard sell. I think I mean, yeah, that might that's probably way worse. So, yeah. <laughs> you've been through the fire. So I'm really interested in the um, conversation you had with your wife when you decided to start Homey. Uh, it sounds like she's very supportive, um, has has kind of been with you along this whole journey. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I feel like she was one of my co-founders at Entrada. Like I would bring everything back home and, and she'd give me incredible uh, direction, insight, her opinion. Um, yeah, and, and I think over time, like at Entrada, we, we, we talked about, you know, time away from, from home, from kids. And, and there were a lot of things I wanted to do different. And, and even while I was in Entrada, there were things I wanted to do different while I was there. And it's hard. It's, it's hard to, you know, create that balance and, and to say, I'm never going to miss a kid's baseball game or, you know, I, I'm going to do this. Um, but my wife just, just said, look, the one question she asked was, I don't care. She said, I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care which business you go into or any of these offers. If you want to take them or start homie from scratch as long as uh you know you're willing to not sacrifice me and the kids like can you commit to not sacrificing us and i didn't know the answer you know i i knew it'd be a grind i knew how much like i started in trotta single and i knew i was there late nights you know i had a co-founder who he pulled all-nighters all the time and i need my sleep i couldn't do that <laughs> um but yeah, I, you know, after a couple of days and thinking about that question, I came back and said, yeah, I'm, I, I'll commit. I, I, I can choose homie and I can choose not to sacrifice you and the kids, but that had to look different. I had to, you know, uh, hire and trust people to, and delegate. And, and so from, from day one, you know, I, I tried to be home at six o'clock as much as possible. And, and that wasn't always the case, you know, at homie, but, um, I would call in advance and let her know what was going on. And she would question it. She'd say, do you really need to send that email? Do you really need to finish that conversation? Can that wait till tomorrow? You know, and, and in 
almost every instance, it could wait till tomorrow. Wow. So very perceptive. She's yeah. Very smart. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's what that looked like. Yeah. I saw your LinkedIn post the other day. I think uh, you were looking for new TV recommendations. Oh yeah. <laughs> I really like that. You're watching shows with your son or, uh, and, and I, I, it just shows that who you are, like you're spending time with your family and that idea that you're calling your wife if you're not going to be home by six. I really love that balance of like starting a really successful family, but also not sacrificing your other priorities in your life. Yeah. Um, I, I would say with that, like COVID has been amazing in that, you know, most of us have uh, worked from home, so I don't have the commute. I, I, I actually work today at the office, but um most mornings I'm not commuting so I can wake up with the kids. And, you know, a lot of people that commented on my LinkedIn were like, oh, you should read a book or do something more active. You know, I'm like, yes, I'm just waking up and there's not a chance. Like I'm going to lay down and, you know, cause my kids get me up. I have a little a one-year-old and a three-year-old and yeah, they get us up at, you know, a little before 6 a.m. every morning and <laughs> like, I still need a little bit of rest. So yeah, I got some recommendations. Bluey, on. it is. Bluey, Bluey <laughs> was everyone's recommendation, and I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. No. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. Bluey's so. <laughs> I've not seen it either. I need to check it out. Yeah, we have little kids, and so that one's that one's by a far. A lot of the people best. said, yeah, when their kids leave to school, they still stay watching it. So it must be pretty good. <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. Bluey's great. Johnny, what would you say? I mean, you've gone through a lot of different experiences, and you've had. Um, a lot of resistance, you know, in, in the industry and that sort of thing. What What's the craziest story you could tell us about your entrepreneurship journey that people would be like, no way, that did not happen. Anything come to mind? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the, if it is the answer to your question, but the one thing that um, was shared earlier was talking about mental health like that, that that's been big for me. And You've written a lot about that. Actually. I've written a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I would say like it, it, it might be surprising for people to think like that I really was in a dark place and was really struggling it for a period at homey. Like after a couple years of starting it, we had raised a little bit of money, but we were struggling getting the next round raised. And, and when you raise money from VCs, like the way they make their money is typically from you raising another round and having a higher valuation. That's typical. Um, it's, it's not very typical for you just to raise some money and then just go to profitability. Um, so, you know, the, the next round is always what you're chasing. And we were really struggling after a couple of years, trying to find ourselves, trying to find a really good product market fit. And, you know, I had some really dark thoughts, uh, for a period of time, you know, like I, you know, I, I wasn't going suicidal, but I was thinking like, how do I go into a coma? You know, what could I do to get into a coma? You know, cause I don't want to die, but like, how do I just check out for a number of months to numb the pain or something? To, yeah. To just like mm. the stresses and, and the pressure that, that was around and that's real, like, and, and that's hard. And, and I think you can just look at anybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of big businesses out there that, that look like they're doing great and you actually don't know behind the scenes and, and you really never know. Um, and you don't know that the struggles people are having with co-founders or with investors or with personal stuff, just with your families, like all of that's going on nonstop. So I've been pretty open on that point to try to just destigma, you know, destigmatize the whole mental health thing. Like we all struggle. Everybody does. And I have a therapist, I've had a therapist for years and, and I've learned a ton from it and it's, it's totally helped me. 
and again, I mentioned, you know, it's been a roller coaster at home and it still is like this market is a, is a huge challenge. And I had to go through layoffs and I thought like with all my mental health training and all this stuff that I'd been doing that I was ready to, you know, handle anything my way and layoffs like that wrecked me. I was bedridden for eight days. I couldn't get out of bed and, and I'm not trying to make this about me. Like, you know, the, but I, I knew the families that I was affecting. I knew the people that now didn't have jobs and that sucks. Like anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur, like at that time I'd say, don't do it. Don't even try to start a business. Like with it, with like, it's not worth it. It's not worth firing people like that. that there's, there can be nothing as crappy as that. And that the crying CEO, I don't know if you guys saw that guy on LinkedIn. Like I feel awful for him. Like I, I know how he felt. Like I was bawling. Like my wife came in and she was supporting me, but like, I'm like, these families are the ones that need support, you know? And I, I tried to go back to LinkedIn to try to get them jobs. And, and luckily everybody landed pretty quickly, but yeah, I mean, th there's a, there's a few actually that are still still looking for for the right fit. So I don't know, like as as hard as it is, like it's still worth it. It's still worth it to start a business. Still worth it to move forward. But these challenges are real and they stretch you. Yeah. And and, and don't don't beat yourself up if you you know get down, feel depressed, or have anxiety or or any of those emotions because they're real and and they'll come no matter what, whether you start a business or not, right? Like, it's almost like you should acknowledge them because if you suppress them, they get worse, right? And they compound. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you've had some training and, and some help along the way. Um, what advice do you have for somebody that's in that situation where they're feeling that just overwhelmed, anxiety, can't get out of bed? I, I would just say dig. Dig for... Uh, help, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't think there's any one therapy that works for everybody, but like try to find something that, that really helps you meditation, you know, uh, th th there's plenty of different types of therapy. Um, and I've, I've tried so many different ones and, and I found a couple that, that feel great for me and, and great for my wife and kids. And we're all in it together. Like, I think everybody needs a therapist. I think everybody needs that outlet to be open. Um, and so that, that's where I just think it's, it should be natural and normal where it has the stigma still. Um, I, I think that's going away to a large extent. I, I feel like people are being a lot more open and vulnerable these days. Um, but yeah, just, just continue to, to, to go deep and analyze your thoughts, analyze your feelings, analyze why things happen, analyze your childhood. Like I have looked so much into my childhood and that has been the best thing I could have done is, is just analyze like, why, why do I think this? And really where, is, is there some experience that's tied to how I'm feeling right now? And almost every time, whenever I take the time to do that, I can think of times in my life where, um, I, I had trauma and either it was, you know, and, and I can't remember the therapist, but somebody said there's little T trauma and big T trauma. And when we hear trauma, we think of big T trauma, like, you know, you were molested or, or you were something bad happened, but little T trauma could be like, you know, somebody, uh, said you were ugly or you didn't get picked first or you were picked last on the playground, you know, like, and that's the little T trauma and that, that has effects. And if you can go back and look at that and validate little you and, and, you know, there's a healing component of that. And that, that's been the best type of therapy that, that I've gone through that's helped me. Fascinating. 
my wife uh, knows me really well, so she knows when I'm in one of those dark places, and she doesn't even have to say anything. She just walks over and hands me running shoes or, like, my mountain bike. She'll, like, set it out. Go take care of it. Yeah, she's like, hey, go do you. Like, you need some time in the mountains to go heal. I think it's cyclical. I've had that. You know, I've had little things come up off and on. Um, or I'll get stressed about finances randomly and, yeah. and I'll, I'll be on, you know, it's like every couple months I'll be stressed about finances for, for a good reason sometimes and for no reason at all. But, you know, so, so I'll, you know, have to dig and then be like, why is that occurring? And that's where a therapist or, or some professional can help yeah. to, to help you dive deeper. But yeah, going to the mountains, I mean, that, that's been a go-to for me on my mountain bike has been just amazing on or a hike. Yep. We have these things and it's, it's been so healing just, yeah. Tying to the earth. Yep. It's cool. Well, how's homie doing Johnny? What's next for homie? Um, you know, we have amazing people today. We had a, a company meeting in every different division. It's just working on things to, uh, make us better. And, and I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just proud of the people we, we have and, we had five new hires start today um, that I think are going to make a, a big difference. And and so it is just right now in this climate, it's a focus on profitability. So we're not expanding. We're, we're not, you know, really looking to grow. We're looking to uh, kind of make it through what this real estate market looks like and, and get to the other side. So that that's, that's, that's the focus right now. Do you have any predictions on how long we're going to be in this slump maybe? Um, you know, you can read you can read uh, an article from some uh, expert that goes with whatever you want it to say. So I, I really have no clue, but it it does feel like it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. Um, in July, there were thirty percent fewer closings um, than the previous year, same month, and in this last month, there were twenty five percent fewer closings. So. You know, homes went from being on the market, I think, on average six days to, you know, 30 plus days. So homes are just sitting on the market where everybody still feels like it was a feeding frenzy and everyone's freaking out, like, how come my home's not selling? So it th- there's a lot of pressure pressure out there that people feel like um, that, that they need to hurry and sell their home. But I think because of that, prices are going to come down. I hope they come down significantly for our future's sake. Otherwise, our kids are all going to be living with us indefinitely. <laughs> um, so true. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, interest rates are going to stay where they are uh, for a little while. But 525 today, is that where they're at? Roughly? Yeah. 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 Mid, mid fives. Mid fives. I would say, yeah. Some of the billboard advertising is always a little lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, about mid fives is where they are. Still still lower than they w- where they were when our parents were buying homes. Um, but from what we're used to the last couple of years, they're double. And well, it, is that the yeah. same thing with like the average time on the market for a house? Like we're so used to this, like three days or five days or one day or three hours, like is 30 days more typical, historically speaking, it's completely typical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's normal, but I think it's going to stretch and we're going into the winter as well. So yeah, the winter season is typically a little bit longer. So the fact that we're at 30 here in the summer, I think, uh, you know, it's going to get a little little worse. Home prices uh, will come down. And, and I think it's a good thing. Most people have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity in their house. So people can afford to have their home price decrease a little bit and not be in too much trouble. So 
So I, I think it'll be good, a good thing for uh, home buyers, especially where they've just had it rough the last couple of years. Yeah, it has not been a good market for them the last yeah. little bit, huh? What What do you feel like other than the market are your are the um, you know concerns or challenges that that threaten homey in any way? Um, I I think that's that's the biggest threat is just you know the economy in general. You know I. I, I love LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. So you do see people uh, getting laid off. There's a lot, there's been a lot of layoffs with tech companies specifically. I don't know if that's going to push into other sectors. Um, and mostly I think that comes from being a venture backed business where a lot of these venture capitalists are like, no more money is coming your way. Like you got to focus on profitability. So people are cutting and trimming. And, and I don't think that's done. I think more people are going to have to you know, continue to do that. And if, if that happens, what we've seen with the price of homes where they are, um, you have to have a dual income to afford these, these homes. Like there's no way on this earth I would have been able to afford the, the median price home of $500,000 here right now. Like my first home was 150 and I was making, I think $60,000 at the time. And I thought, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to pay my bills at 150? So at 500,000, like, you know, he, it, it's just, it, it seems it's becoming more out of reach to buy a home, which is unfortunate. But yeah, yeah so if, if there's more layoffs, there's going to be fewer dual incomes in, in different families, which I think could affect that. But again, hopefully that, that brings down the price of homes to be more of a realistic price. That, that's what I'm hoping for. Very cool. Well, where do people find out more about homie? Johnny? Um, you know, we, we, Continue to hire agents. So if anybody has friends or family that are agents, um, we have really good experts and, and it, we'd like to recruit more. So you can find out about Homie um, on homie.com or if you have, you know, realtors that are in your network, which most people do, um, you know, we would love for them to send uh, those realtors our way. You know, we're, we're trying to expand and grow uh, specifically here in Utah and, and expand our, our network and our reach. Is it best if they're already licensed or they can do that at home? Yeah, either way you can get licensed. Um, but yeah, there, there's, I think about 25,000 realtors here in Utah and there's only about 50,000 transactions that happen each year. So there's only two, two per realtor, two per realtor. So, <laughs> so a lot of realtors, you know, want to find a place where, where they can have a brand that supports them. They can help them get business and our model does that. So I, I think, uh, I, I think we'll have a lot more agents. A lot more agents on billboards coming soon. So that's how we find them. You just get get on I fifteen. Hop on the exact drive one direction or the other. <laughs> Love it, Johnny. It's been so fun to have you here on the podcast today. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for, for your me. time. Thanks for the conversation. We're excited for what Tommy's going to do in the future. Take care. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.